This is Pain Information Network. Podcast in a car. Well, yeah, this one, uh, <laughs> I kind of dreaded doing it because I don't like sedatives. But that's what it is, and this is a whole uh, podcast is going to be about sedatives. And I did it in the car, uh, and as many of you all know, I'm not a big fan of benzodiazepines, so I kind of glossed over benzos, but I think I got the point across. I hit barbiturates a little bit, GHB, uh, that's a, a club drug. Um, just kind of talked a little bit about the neurobiology, some of the epidemiology, but the point is this. When you're using these drugs for whatever purpose, as a patient, as a provider of health care, you have to look at them as a potential item of risk. These are the ones that can get you in trouble, particularly if you're using other central nervous system depressants like uh, opioids or um, if you're using really anything, uh, alcohol. I mean, the, all this benign stuff, and the next thing you know, yeah, you're in trouble, uh, either from a provider standpoint or from a, a patient standpoint. They're just so ubiquitous in society that people uh, take them for granted, especially kids nowadays. They think they can take a little bit of benzo at night to help them sleep, which it doesn't, and then they can get up in the morning and take an Adderall. And we don't want to go that direction. I don't know why Adderall is uh, so so big in a uh, provider's prescription pad when we really know what happens to that drug. Adderall, uh, and I know this is just the opposite end of the spectrum, is considered one of those drugs uh, in the youth community that it's okay to share. It's just okay. And there's plenty of it out there, and I can get more. So I link the two because I see the two. Well, anyway, so podcast from a car. This one took me two weeks because I just, I just do not like this subject. And I've recorded it and re-recorded it, and uh, I gave it the best run I could. I can, I can do more on it if you want to hear more about it. You know, I don't script these. All my podcasts, I guess you can probably tell, uh, it's, it's just kind of, it's a discussion. And it's off the top of my head, like I'd be in an exam room with you or something like that. I better know this stuff, and I, be, I have to be able to be scripted to some degree, but I also have to be able to be spontaneous. And so if I say something wrong, let me know. You know, I'm driving as I'm doing these podcasts. But the bottom line is, <clears throat> they're fun to do. I'm, I hope I'm adding value. I uh, was coming back from a meeting uh, over the weekend, and it was a really good meeting. Uh, it was uh, uh, in Charleston, and uh, talked to a lot of folks. And the big question mark is, what's going to happen in 2018? So I'm going to give you my predictions in the next podcast. What's happening in 2018, especially in the world of pain, pain control, and addiction? So I don't want to ramble on here, but. Um, I got some of the music back. Hey, 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 you get happy ukulele. I'm still working on the others. So let's get to it. Podcast in the car, coming back from the coast. It's uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Hope everybody's going to have a, a great week. It's a short week. It's a fun week and good for fellowship. Uh, uh, gobble, gobble. Today's uh, episode is going to be on sedatives. It doesn't sound too cool, but sedatives are a big part of American life as uh, Xanax or Prazolam is the number two most prescribed uh, drug behind opioids. Uh, it's relevant. <laughs> and it's relevant because so much of our um, focus 
in clink time is on the new directions we're taking with respecting these drugs, uh, particularly when they're mixed with other drugs. One in three uh, prescriptions have another drug that could be considered a sedative or a nervous system depressant. And so, you know, we have to we have to be very discriminatory when we when we pick these drugs. We have to know these drugs. I'm also going to include uh, barbiturates, uh, GHB, and you know they've been around a while. You know, in 1950s, meprobamate started showing up. Now, if you know what soma is, a corresponder, the metabolites from corresponder are meprobamate. So what you're getting is a sedative. You're not getting a muscle relaxant per se. You're getting a sedative. Benzos blew on the scenes, 50s and 60s. Mommy's little helper. You had the uh, diazepine uh, molecule blow the doors off these things. Well, that's kind of a long-acting uh, uh, benzodiazepine. So um, enter apraslam and some of the other short-acting uh, benzodiazepines. All all have different characteristics and are important in those characteristics because there's. Uh, short-acting, medium-acting, and long-acting, which is highly relevant to not only how we prescribe, but uh, in the case of potential for withdrawal, uh, big issue, big issue. So these drugs effectively uh, took barbiturates, uh, drugs of the 50s. I think it was contributory to Marilyn Monroe's death, uh, alcohol too. And benzodiazepines were supposed to completely replace them with a good LD50 or lethal dose 50% of the time. And they're safer and we like them better. And so barbiturates found their way to the door. They're still in American medicine. And we're still seeing them in drugs like furanol, furoset, and this sort of thing. But we're not seeing them like we did. And particularly in the case of mixing with alcohol, that's very good. All right, the neurobiology. Uh, GABA or GABA-aminopituric acid is the inhibitory uh, neurotransmitter in the central nervous system. About 60% of cellular activity is involving GABA, and GABA is GABA-A or GABA-B. GABA-B is related to baclofen. GABA-A is going to be related to uh, benzodiazepines. And so it, it's, a, it's a pentamere. And a pentamere has five sections, and it consists of uh, two alpha, two beta, and uh, one gamma subunit. And it's important how they all interact with each other. Okay, benzodiazepines. Gamma aminobutyric acid, GABA. Uh, okay, there's GABA A, GABA B. GABA A is uh, related to benzos. B is uh, related to baclofen. That's another issue. But... Um, you take a pentamere, and there are subunits in the pentamere, and the, the pentamere uh, at the uh, cellular level is opening a chloride channel, and it relies on GABA. So that's how benzodiazepines work, and this uh, uh, chloride uh, channel remains open, and affects a change, and the uh, change from uh, benzodiazepines are going to be mood, uh, mostly it's a bit of a sedative, uh, it has uh, um, some uh, anxiety-laden um, belief that it, it helps anxiety. But I, I think that when you really look at people that take these drugs, 
uh, the anxiety is that they don't have them. In other words, they may not have access to them. They aren't in their pocket. And you've heard me say before that when we ask people where your opioids are, they're at home. You should bring them in every time. We need to count them. And they've always got their benzodiazepines in their pocket. It's uh, Linus' security blanket. It's very real that these drugs are a problem in society. So what else do they do? They interfere with memory and they interfere with uh, sleep. It interferes with sleep architecture. And uh, the benzodiazepines are are just uh, one of those drugs that has found a home in society, but in clinical use... They're probably not a very good idea. Uh, we have other ways to treat situational depression and anxiety. So what what else happens with these? Neurobiologically, it opens the uh, chloride channel. And once that channel is open, um, the effective change uh, begins um, in, at the transcriptive level, etc., Now, at the interneuron level, where these two small neurons interrelate to each other, uh, there's the subunits that activate uh, the postsynaptic membrane, and it releases uh, dopamine. So, in other words, people that uh, take opioids, and even drinkers... um, they don't necessarily get sedated. They get a supercharge on their uh, opioid or their alcohol, and that's why they like them. So if you have a family member who's been taking benzodiazepines for a long time, um, there's a good chance another family member will be taking benzodiazepines for a long time. It's not a necessarily genetic predisposition. I think it's an exposure and a feeling that these drugs are pretty much okay. No, they're really not. They're taken by females t- over males two to one, and they are um, these drugs that you would put in a special class by itself. Opioids, you can decrease and uh, sometimes even abruptly stop them, and you get a little withdrawal or something like that. You might get the flu, but you don't have a life-threatening scenario. Alcohol and benzos, you do. Those are two classes that you can have life-threatening scenarios. All right, so when you look at what really happens out in the community, uh, the uh, overdose-related problems and the uh, problems with mixing uh, leads to a lot of ER admissions, ICU admissions, and even deaths. You can go through stupor, coma, death with benzodiazepines alone, but it's pretty rare. They usually have something with them. It's usually alcohol or something else. Now... When we talk about barbiturates, which is another one of those uh, sedative drugs, uh, barbiturates predated benzos, and we thought that uh, benzos were a safer barbiturate, but did kind of the same thing, and kind of yes. And what the barbiturate does is it keeps that calcium or chloride channel open as well. You mix it with alcohol, and it really keeps it open. And that causes further respiratory depression and eventual potential for death, aspiration, um, all sorts of bad things. So barbiturates and alcohol, bad. Barbiturates, benzos and alcohol, that's a real nasty combination. 
both barbiturates and benzodiazepines can't be discontinued uh, without a taper. So when you're tapering benzos, you have to look at which one you're on. There are short, intermediary, and uh, long-acting benzos. The short-acting benzos, the appraisalams and the like, um, that withdrawal comes on sooner and you don't necessarily um, have to take a prolonged look at taper. I don't ever like hearing somebody just tapered them off for a week or something like that or a couple weeks. It can take a month, depending on how long they've been on these. Sometimes these people have been on them for a decade. And that kind of taper can take many months and a lot of reassurance, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, <clears throat> other agents to help with situational depression and anxiety. Because remember, American Psychiatric Association, Canadian and the European system, say there is no clinical place for long-term benzodiazepines for uh, situational depression and anxiety. We have better drugs. So <clears throat> let's just say... You do you decide to use um, in a carefully crafted uh, clinical scenario benzodiazepines. Try to keep it to four weeks, not four months, not four years, but to four weeks, and resist any temptation for refill. I think these should be Schedule Two drugs, so you just can't refill them. Ninety percent of benzodiazepines diazepine prescriptions come from primary care, 9 out of 10 of them. Uh, roughly the other 9% uh, come from psychiatrists, 1% others. So it is the drug uh, that is reached for in the primary care setting, and we would like to see that practice be redefined. All right, so as far as benzodiazepines go, uh, the key here is the people want them because they can cause quote better sleep actually they mess sleep up they interfere with memory a lot of folks with a lot of depressive disorders and fibromyalgia and stuff like this they do have trouble with memory and that's at the hippocampus level and uh, memory structure and benzodiazepines uh, absolutely are a problem here. We use them in the operating room to cause amnesia, as a matter of fact. Guys, if somebody's pregnant, you don't abruptly discontinue the benzodiazepine, but they're getting close to delivery. Do keep in mind that floppy baby syndrome is a problem and that these drugs are teratogenic. So if in the first uh, trimester uh, an individual's taking benzodiazepines there can be all sorts of uh, birth defects okay so that's briefly sedatives uh ghb okay that's a date drug date rape drug a party drug it has a lot of mdma like effects uh in interestingly what it does it's a neurotransmitter it's not really a suppressant per se but what it does is it uh, it acts in certain parts of the brain uh, and does promote sleep. Uh, forms of it are indicated in narcolepsy. And it's, it's okay there, but it is so hard to control. It's a lethal dose 50 is only five times its uh, recreational dose. Only five times. 
So you're getting up there in danger land, uh, just like uh, heroin fentanyl. So this drug, yeah, people will tell you it's the best sex I ever had. They'll tell you it's the best and cleanest sleep I ever had. And they'll tell you that I feel great in the morning after I take this drug. But beware, this drug has all sorts of baggage. And it's also uh, not clean on the streets. People tend to cut it. They tend to do a lot of things with it. So it can come in a powder form. It can come in other forms as well. Know that drug well if you think uh, you or a loved one are going to be exposed to it for whatever reason. And understand it with your clinician or understand it uh, through Poison Control Center. It's a, a drug that is so much like methadone. It doesn't have a sense of humor. Okay, well, podcast from a car. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. If you would uh, please go to iTunes and give us a review. Oh, thank you, thank you. Every time I get a review, I, I get a, a little bump in uh, ratings. And those that have left reviews are really kind. I read every one of them really kind. Thanks so much. And if there's topics you want to hear about, let me know, paininformation.com. I uh, uh, kind of like doing these podcasts in a car, and if I left something out because I'm also trying to drive, <laughs> uh, let me know, and uh, maybe I can edit it in somewhere. Uh, but I think we pretty much covered sedatives uh, in, in a relative sense, and uh, we'll continue to do these. So uh, have a great day, and um, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.